1: Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things.
0: And I'm Andy Stewart!
1: <laughs> good evening. Hi! How are you today? I'm okay, you? Yeah, yeah, good. Smashing, smashing, good. thanks for this. Oh, hey, okay. no problem. <laughs> uh, joining us tonight, of course, is no one. No one, again, yep. yep,
0: yep, because we are Globetrotters.
1: Yes, as you may have heard in the minisode, we kind of made a conscious decision to have an Andy versus Miz episode this week. We didn't the last time, though. No. It's the first time ever that we've done it by choice. So after a couple of weeks ago when you chose Demon Wind... I sure did. ...with thanks to both yourself and John McPhail for that one. Yeah, Tim, incredible acclaim, I might add. Yeah. So it fell to me this time. Um, (laughs) I get the impression that my selection may be less popular.
0: Uh, Perhaps. perhaps. Um,
1: Yeah, I decided to take you and everyone else back to
0: 2014. You did, yeah. And uh, Jerome Sable's uh, musical slasher... Stage Fright. Yes. Not to be mistaken with the other films of the same name, including Michelle Suave's film.
1: Yeah, this is not a remake of anything.
0: Yeah, I was under the impression this was a musical retelling of the Michelle Suave film, and I was very much uh, surprised to find out that it wasn't. Oh,
1: right, okay. So, like, when everyone started showing up at a theatre camp and things like that.
0: Yeah, I was like, well, right, this is very different. No, no. Very, very yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw this at Fright
1: Fest in 2014, and um, it played, like, reasonably well. Right. What what
0: kind of time slot are we talking about? I here? think,
1: if I remember rightly, I believe it was like the Saturday afternoon in the main screen. So kind of like pretty much bang in the middle when everyone's kind of maybe just on their way down in terms of festival fatigue and things like that. It was absolutely the right film for me at the time. It was just the kind of like energy boost that I needed. Okay. But I think that it maybe had the opposite effect on some other people. Me and a couple of the people I was sitting with really, really liked it. But yeah, the, the the vibe in the room was pretty divided.
0: Yeah, that's always been the impression I've got about this film. Um, oh. And I will say this to you, Mitch: this was a first viewing for me.
1: Yeah, which is always nice. Yeah, the shoe being on the other foot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've spoken about this. On, I've spoken about this film on the show before briefly. Yeah, you mentioned. It. I think I watched it some week or something, and um, we did have a couple of people get in touch and say, "Oh, I watched that uh, on the basis of your recommendation, and I thought it was fucking terrible." <laughs> um, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, it's, um, I've, I quite like musicals, I quite like slashers, and this kind of was just, it's just pitched at the right level of ridiculous for me. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think it's—I just think I, t- I don't think it's a great film by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it's really fun. Just and it's setting got... out
0: your stall early there to fend off any potential criticisms it's... by saying that you know that it's not a great film. It's
1: just got a lot of rewatch value, I think.
0: Okay, okay. So the power of time has once again returned to me. Oh,
1: okay, and right. It
0: falls to me here and now. To put 30 seconds on the clock and ask you, Mitch Bain, are you ready to give your best 30 second synopsis of Stage Fright for the benefit of anyone who has not seen the film?
1: I will do my best.
0: Cool, I'm going to count you in. Okay. Three, two, one, go.
1: The film opens with the actress Kylie Swanson being killed after a successful performance of the play The Haunting of the Opera. Definitely not The Phantom of the Opera. Fast forward ten years. Her two children, Camilla and Buddy, are working at a theatre camp run by their guardian Meatloaf, who also was (laughs) dating their mom before she died. They are staging a reimagining of the haunting set in feudal Japan. People start being killed off on set. Will they find the killer before it's too late?
0: Oh, one. Done.
1: Okay, I mean, like, it's Pretty
0: close. I, I honestly thought that you were going to go over there.
1: I'm always very, I'm always very wary when people say the film opens with as a start. Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> as soon as
0: that came out your mouth, I thought, oh, he's fucked this, he's fucked this. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
1: if I was going to talk about the absolute first thing, though, it's one of my favorite things in the whole film, and it's the earliest indicator that I knew I was going to like it. Oh. Which is the disclaimer that comes up right at the very start which uh, says something like... Based
0: on real events, uh, the names have been changed, but the musical numbers uh, well, occur exactly as they happened or something like that. Yeah, the,
1: music, uh, the musical numbers will be performed exactly as they occurred. Yeah, uh, that was my Facebook cover photo and everything for a while. I really, really like that. Sets I a stall as very much being up my street, humour-wise. Um, I really like the opening scene of this. Okay. Uh, where you get kind of a harassed, sharply-dressed man gets stabbed in the chest by a masked assailant. And uh, mini driver.
0: I'm sad that this is all we got. A mini driver, I generally think mini driver's pretty good, and I like that she doesn't take herself too seriously. and She quite often does daft things like I'm gonna say it like this, and yeah. like popping up in Alan Partridge and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think because, and I mean, uh, when she sees the dead body, and then you're waiting for her to scream and she sings. <laughs> and you realise you're watching a play, it's like that is ridiculous. And I think that, like, yeah, she does for all the time that you see of her, and I think she really does have a really good sense of humour about it. Uh-huh. Um, but I do also think that, um, in terms of how this is marketed, they've got a bit of a cheek, listing her as one of the
0: stars. She gets hit top billing, yeah, which is, which is a bit, which is a bit cheeky. It's
1: a, yeah, considering she gets uh, stabbed in the throat about four minutes after she appears on screen.
0: I'd say that's conservative. Yeah, I it's, think actual screen time. She probably only has about two or three minutes. Yes,
1: I would say that it probably tops out at around that. Um, but yeah, her two kids are looking on.
0: Yes, we've got Camilla and Buddy here, played by Little Girl 1 and Little Boy 1. Uh, <laughs> I did not write down their names. I also did not do my due diligence on that one.
1: So yeah, um, <laughs> her kids are looking on, played here by kids.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that's... They're doing fine for all they're called on to do.
1: <laughs> yes, I very true. But um, yeah, this this performance has, by all accounts, been a roaring success. Yeah, I um, think uh,
0: it certainly seems like the haunting of the opera is going to elevate Kylie. Yeah, it to seems that the next way. level on Broadway.
1: Yeah, the critics are going mad for it. Yeah. And, uh, that yeah, rightly that information. So it seems. Yeah. yeah, and that information is imparted to us by uh, Roger. Roger McCall. Yes, who will hereafter I think just be referred to as Meatloaf. Yeah, <coughs> because it's meatloaf.
0: It's meatloaf uh, of but of hell fame. As if anybody was wondering if there was another instead of just the squashed up pieces of animal meat. Yeah, the food stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah meatloaf here. i um, is he Roger McCall. And what is um, his
0: role here? Is he some kind of impresario? Is he an, an agent? Is he?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe a producer or a kind of agent type figure. Right. Okay. But um, who is also kind of fairly transparently in love with Kylie.
0: May even be blasterer.
1: Uh Yes, I would say that that is quite possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, now I've got. I think the most important question the whole film here is Meatloaf wearing a fake moustache in that the opening th- bit. Yes.
1: Yeah, because I, I think for, for the rest of it he certainly isn't.
0: Well, it's it's kind of tinged salt and pepper for the rest of it, so it kind of works a little bit better. But it, here it certainly looks. It looks like a joke moustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it looks like, it's like uh, that cop for Sleeper Weekend Absolutely, it really, really does. <laughs> um Or, like, do you remember in Blackadder when Baldrick uses a dead slug for his Charlie Chaplin impression? (laughs) It's kind of like that. Exactly. I also think, as well,
1: it's like, it's just for a flashback. Why does he need to have a moustache? Even if he has one in the present day. True, he could have
0: been moustacheless and grown one in in the intervening 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take
1: that long to grow a moustache,
0: normally. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) I've been trying for nearly 40 years.
1: But uh, yeah, I I think that that is I would agree that that's the film's central mystery But to answer your question, I would say He probably is wearing a fake
0: moustache Yeah, we handed out more convincing fake moustaches At our last live show
1: Yes, I would say that's probably true So, I really like the death of Mini
0: Driver I think I, it's um, I was kind of right into the death it's uh, I was actually taken aback by how much is involved in the death and how graphic it is um, that's
1: true of a few of the deaths in this
0: I think yeah because um, it's it's pretty full on I would say she is uh stabbed in the neck mm-hmm. stabbed multiple times around the torso uh-huh. and then stabbed crucially I think given that she's a singer uh, in the mouth yes yeah 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 she then flies across the room smashes a mirror and falls to the floor
1: yep uh, I I think that and this happens is kind of like it's intercut in a way I really like with um her daughter kind of wonders and does that kind of classic standing on a stage in front of an empty theater thing yeah mm-hmm. so the music gets really feverish and it's intercut with her dancing on the stage while she's well many drivers are getting killed really brutally I think it's great I really like I'm that I'm
0: kind of into the the opening of it
1: yeah I think that um it's like it's kind of um, and I th- like the film. The, the film is obviously on its surface really silly for quite a lot of the time, but I think that um, wow. this section grinds up in a way that the rest of the film doesn't, or okay. most yeah. of the rest of the film doesn't. But I think it's a really, I think it's a really convincing opening. But we do cut to ten years later. Yeah, it's where, pre-
0: pretty much a smash cut. To yeah, it's kind of Camilla nowadays played uh, no longer played by Little Gero. No, no, played by Ali McDonald? Yeah, Ali McDonald, who was in-house at the end of the street.
1: Oh, the Jennifer Lawrence one? Yeah. Mm, Okay, I did not know that. Um, Yeah, so basically you see her waking up for a nightmare, and um, uh, the flashback that you've seen is played out as one of her nightmares. And then, uh, straight out of this, we cut to a bunch of theatre kids arriving in a big yellow bus... At Centre Stage Theatre Camp.
0: Centre Stage, yeah. Um, this was quite funny. I, I found this opening number quite charming.
1: Uh, yes. So this is "We're Here," the opening song of the film. It's called "We're Here." We're Here. Yes. Right, okay. Um, and it is. Um, I th- I also think that "We're Here is really funny. Um, it yeah, it's pretty much about how theatre kids get bullied.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> but we we are kind of get shown all the tropes there. We're shown the overweight kids. We're shown uh, geeks. We're shown gingers. Yeah. Um, I can't, don't know if I can say that but I'm, I'm doing it yeah. um, and uh, a lot of kids kind of battling with uh, their sexuality yes
1: yeah. um, and I actually think that like this is done in a way where it kind of it zeroes in on the specifics of how all those people get bullied but I think it also does it in a way that isn't like Snarky, or yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. like I think that I think that it's done in quite an affectionate way.
0: Also, does quite a nice job of saying that although this is what's happening to all of them in their private lives, like at center stage, this is the one place where they can kind of be themselves without kind of fear of judgment. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I I think that it, I think that it just 100 percent lands the opening song. I think that, and also it kind of it sets it like, those two things together. Set out the stall for the film quite nicely. I think.
0: As someone who um, was part of a drama club Mm -hmm. growing up, I can uh, testify to the veracity of that kind of atmosphere at things like this, where uh, everyone's allowed to be who they are without fear of being called out on it or bullied about it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that it squares that and gets that across really quite like pretty well. Um, so yes, at this point we find that Camilla and her brother Buddy both now, like you say, ten years older, both work at the camp. They do, yeah. And, uh, uh, did you, do you
0: clock the girl uh, in the musical number? She crops up throughout the film that looks almost exactly like Liza Minnelli and Gabriel? Yes, Gabby.
1: yes, that is no coincidence. I suspect. No, that seems quite pointed. But yeah, Camilla and Buddy working in the camp. Buddy, familiar face there. Yeah, he's
0: in the Bye Bye Man.
1: <laughs> he is in the Bye Bye Man, yes. And I think also the TVC does Scream.
0: Oh, right, okay. Uh, I don't remember that. It drifted by me in a haze of fury. Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't like it either. Um, but, yeah, it would appear that Meatloaf is another guardian. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah sure. like it was goodly. Yeah, he seems to kind of look after the kids. Um, the second song comes in pretty much straight away here because we realise that Meatloaf runs the camp. yeah. Um, And we get um, a truncated version of The Show Must Carry On, which we get in full, uh, in all its glory, later.
0: Yeah. What I do like about this film is that it doesn't fuck about. No, 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 it it doesn't. Um, We paused it at one point to eat some food. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fucking hell, we're half an hour into this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it it really didn't feel like that.
1: No, it's it, like it does all scene setting really, really pretty quickly, and um, because straight off we get introduced to one of the worst characters in this whole thing. Uh, are the, you are going
0: to talk about Artie. Artie, yeah. Uh, this I had a real problem with this whole B story involving Artie. When while I'm sure stuff like this goes on, and while I'm sure it's probably a relatively strong reflection of some actress's experience. I hated this part of the film oh we will get
1: we'll get to this because I have a defence for it he's a fucking douchebag yes Artie Getz is uh, yes he's a total arsehole which we will come to learn Um, but yeah in the kind of dining area he's announcing what the production is going to be this summer
0: I think, and he uh, announces it by crudely poking holes into a paper plate with a large knife. Yes. Uh, and uh, announcing that it will, in fact, be Haunting of the Opera. Yes, the
1: Haunting of the Opera. Um, also, with the location moved to feudal Japan. Clearly, cool, it's a creative
0: decision. Yes, sure. I would
1: say I became more sure of this as we went on. But um, if this was a real play in 2019, it would get hammered. For cultural appropriation,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, later, certainly later on when the show started, I was like, "Oh my, oh my, yeah, exactly." Oh me. It's okay. so
1: interesting though because I think that like we'll get we'll get to it, but when you actually see how the play plays out, there's a quite a there's a quite a few things in there where it's like even from 2014 to 2019, I'm like. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> what I really like is when I'm touching it really quickly because I think it's really funny. Okay. Um, when he, and I've seen this film a bunch of times and uh, I didn't notice this before, but when he's standing on the table announcing it, there's a poster for one of their past productions on the wall behind him. Right. And it's for Le Producerable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, okay. That was great. And also,
1: uh, just sounds like a show that I'd like to see. I love well.
0: that this wine had to climb onto the tables to make his announcement. Well, yeah, what exactly. A
1: uh, we while we get all this kind of like uh, all this kind of overflowing enthusiasm from the theatre kids, we get our first kind of look at the villain of the piece here as we head underground. To how the underground stuff is always it's shot in a really weird way.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we're are we underground.
1: We're certainly in a shadowy layer of some kind. Yeah, they're being I think they're they're being surveyed through a grate. So maybe not actually. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, our villain here we will come to learn, Opera Ghost, credited oh. only as Opera Ghost. Opera Ghost. Um, who appears to have a real burning resentment for theatre kids and theatre in general.
0: Yeah, not a fan of musical theatre. There's probably a lot of people out there who feel the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, whether they would take their hatred of musical theatre to the same kind of level... I would hope
1: though. No, I would say not. I would, I would say not. Um, best evidenced here uh, as him uh, growling, "Shut your fucking face," and uh, violently slashing at uh, pictures of actual headshots yeah. of um, every kid at the camp.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, just before we get to that, there is a moment earlier where there's it's briefly mentioned that uh, Artie's previously directed a musical version of the vagina monologues. Yes, I would quite like to see that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that that, that joke is really low hanging fruit, but it does make yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm all
0: about low hanging fruit, Mitch. Mitch. I'm not leaning high.
1: So, obviously, um, Camilla and Buddy kind of hear this, and obviously, um, the haunting is very significant for them. Oh,
0: I, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's um fair to say.
1: You, you see this kind of like uh, they don't really know what to do with this information. Um, but Camilla takes it in her head that she maybe wants to addition.
0: Well, we know she's got a good set of pipes on her, or she certainly had when she was a. A little girl. Yes,
1: uh Um, uh-huh. But, so yeah, she uh, takes the controversial decision to um, try and follow in her mum's footsteps. Well, hopefully not all the way. But (laughs) but to uh, take on the role of Sophia. Yeah, yes. The lead.
0: A a lead, of course.
1: Um, So yes, obviously this is a choice that is not without its complications because she's trying to usurp the lead role in a play when she works in the kitchen as opposed to being one of the kids who's paid to be there. Yes. Which is a risky venture. Yeah. Or certainly like a, a, Problematic. Kind of a sketch move.
0: That leads to a lot of whispers and uh, snarky comments and uh, immediately draws the ire of, I, I guess you could say, probably the second antagonist of the piece in the form of Liz Steele.
1: Uh, Liz Silver. Oh, sorry. Liz Silver. <laughs> no, she's a theatre kid, not a private detective.
0: <laughs> also a far more precious metal. <laughs> Yeah, fair.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so see, so, it's actually worth mentioning the kind of audition process because we get introduced to a couple of important characters here. Not least Joel, who um, is the lighting guy, I believe, but is also kind of doing the kind of door for the auditions. Clocks the fact that um, Camilla shouldn't really be i um, auditioning he figures it out I don't see what the fuss is uh, I really
0: don't if she's the right person for the role
1: yeah but you but it's it's a theatre camp production and you're taking a role off a kid that paid to be there just be better just be better the world's a cold place
0: That's <laughs> that simple but it's just <laughs> be better
1: but um, uh, Joel lets her do it anyway and it's heavily seeded that Joel um, is taking a bit of shine to Camilla
0: because he pretty much follows her around, peering at her through doorways, through slits and floorboards. Every possible opportunity, this man is watching her.
1: And certainly, every possible opportunity, certainly for the first half, I would say, this film is at pains to show you that happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I, mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I know that when I, was saying, when I was talking about this, I'm saying that I've seen it a heap of times and I really like it. I haven't seen it for a couple of years, and as a result, I forgot who the killer was. And I remember thinking, I was like, if the killer isn't Joel... Then this film is doing a very good job of convincing me otherwise.
0: Yeah, I, pretty much from the get go, I, I think I said to you, "If this guy is the killer, I'm extremely disappointed." Ah, it's like
1: literally in the first few minutes after you <laughs> after you met him. Um, you, and um, but you're quite right, and um, and uh, not to get too spoilery, but of course, as it turns out, he's not.
0: Well, there's also a secondary uh, person that's pushed quite hard that might be the killer, and it's this nameless, toothless gardener.
1: Oh yeah, the, the kind of creepy janitor guy. Yeah, there's
0: always a creepy janitor.
1: That's so true. I mean, it was urban legend, wasn't it? Yeah, creepy but janitor.
0: Uh, certainly in this case, he's pushed quite hard that he might have a role to play. Um, but sadly, or maybe not sadly, sweetly, his role is... Uh, Bit nicer than that, ultimately.
1: Yeah, when you see him watching, when you see him watching the play at the end, he genuinely just looks like he's a bit of a theatre lover. (laughs) It's quite nice, really. Fucking bad for being so suspicious of him. But kind of starts the ripple of
0: applause that grows into a mighty, mighty ovation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that, like, um, but at the start, all you really ever see him do is look menacing and hiss at children. So I think it's (laughs) it's legitimate to think that he's a suspect. He's like Argus Filch. That's exactly who I thought he was like. Actually, Argus Filch. That's exactly right. So uh, Liz, understandably irate about the fact that Camilla is auditioning, shops her in to uh, meatloaf. <laughs> who intervenes and eventually decides that he's going to let her audition?
0: It feels a bit to It me. is, it is. A bit nepotistic.
1: Yes, I think that I think that I would probably be a little bit annoyed if I was Liz as well. Yeah, I don't know if I would storm out screaming about how it's all bullshit like she did, but I wouldn't be happy. I would. I know you would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to flip a table, me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love a good storm out. <laughs> so she auditions, and as it turns out, she and Liz end up they're going to be sharing the
0: role of Sophia. Yeah, yeah. Camilla, obviously brilliant. Yes. As we would expect. Yeah, um, smashes that addition. Many, many appreciative looks from all the, the key players in the performance. Maybe. Yeah,
1: this is this is kind of like the musical theatre equivalent of the glasses coming off and the ponytail getting undone and she's all that. Darren Gaskell's <laughs> going to thank me for that reference. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, thank you with knives. <laughs> but tension's immediately stoked. She goes back to uh, the kitchen because she's obviously still going to have to be working while she's doing this. Um, she gets back, and uh, the headshot of her mom that she keeps on her at all uh, on her person at all times has been ang- vandalised, angrily vandalised, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in, uh, yeah, in a violent shade of red,
0: and displayed pretty threateningly. I would say it feels very much like a message, Mitch.
1: Uh, yes, I could not agree more. Yeah. Um, also, the kind of so obviously they're splitting the lead role between them, uh, Liz and Camilla. The added kind of uh, curiosity to this, or the added kind of layer of complexity, is that there will be one night only when the show is attended by a Broadway agent. Yeah, Victor Brady. Vic Brady of 42nd Street Productions. Is so, going to be he's a in, big name. He's going to be in tenants. Yeah, it's none of uh, your shite. It's no, not amateur hour in here. No, earn, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. This, is, this is huge.
1: And we kind of get that this is happening because we get this shot of Meatloaf trying to rally some press for the show. Um, and in that we also kind of get that things are not going well for center stage. Uh, no, def- no, no. Like I think that in Mortgage default yeah. notices, final notices on bills. It's a very ominous looking pile of mail.
0: Well, if he's going to keep casting his uh, like his surrogate family and all the lead roles, you can imagine that perhaps people might stop sending their kids. Uh,
1: yes, yes, I would say that that's fair. Um, again, a really low-hanging fruit joke that I think is really funny when ah oh,
0: is this Bukaki versus Kabuki? Bukaki versus Kabuki, <laughs>
1: yeah. Which Japanese tradition involves this? Uh, yes. Uh, they both
0: involve a white face at the uh, end. This is right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, yes, that um, that caught me flat-footed. It was one of those things where I realised what the joke was going to be the second
0: before he said it. I'd have much preferred if it was a, was a bukkake mask. Uh, no, dude. And it just kind of looked like it was covered in melted wax.
1: <laughs> you fucking deviant. <laughs> so, uh, worth mentioning this, um, because you touched on it earlier... Camilla and Arte have the first of a couple of private conversations or private encounters in this oh. film. And um, he heavily suggests that he will put her on the night that the agent will be there. That she
0: rides him. Yes. Yeah. He uh, goes into a cupboard at one point and he comes out with a small stage. Yes. Like a really kind of small maquette of a stage replete with curtains. And I was like, what's he doing here? Because like, to me it just looks like a puppet stage. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to try and get into her pants with puppets? Because I can assure you, speaking as someone who's tried, that does not work. (laughs) It does not work at all. But he opens the curtains, and even worse than that, those two martinis in there.
1: Yeah, it's 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 awful.
0: What a wank. It's
1: awful. Yeah, they the, they do like they do they do sell soul on him kind of pretty much straight away.
0: Yeah, would that work for anyone out any of our listeners? Would you be won over by a man who brought out a small creepy stage and pulled the curtains back to reveal two freshly made martinis? Actually, you don't see
1: him pulling the martinis. I don't think. How long have they been in there?
0: See, is it you, like the
1: stage behind the behind the curtain? Two room temperature martinis.
0: Everyone out there, if you don't see your drink being made, don't drink it. Also, especially a great point. by a creepy bastard like that.
1: Also, a great point. Yeah, he's um pretty predatorial and actually, like, I don't, so we touched on this a couple of times. And basically, at one point, they almost have sex. I just I just kind of want to talk about this as a whole right now. I think it's quicker.
0: Well, I think you need to bring the whole Liz thing in as well because she plays quite importantly into the dynamic of this relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, she's she's kind of stoking the flames by being kind of like quite outwardly sexual,
0: yeah, Um, and stuff like that. Camilla reads whenever it's getting to that stage between Artie and Liz. Camilla gives Artie just a little taste more, Mm -hmm. and it swings back to. It then swings back to Camilla being the lead role. Yes, yeah. And then she, I guess the hope is always that he'll just get let her have the main role. But there's a few times when she kind of withdraws from his advances, and then in the very next cut, it's Liz singing again.
1: Yeah. So I know you, like you were saying that you hate this. That you hate this part of the story.
0: I do. Yeah. Um,
1: I hate the fact that this happens. I think. That I, I I think that the way that it's depicted here is good. I okay. think that like I th- I think that it is extremely unpleasant to look at but I think that in a film that's full of a lot of silliness I think that this is handled with like the requisite seriousness.
0: Right. Okay. And
1: um I also think that like um wh- when it gets to the point that they almost have sex and it's like you almost kind of cheer when she eventually rebuffs him and storms out and she's just like fuck this. But I really like the way that that's done as well in the way that like they had this kind of like this kind of dreamy theme when she was like getting the role and stuff, and they kind of mangled that into a minor key and played some feedback through yeah. it and stuff, and like I think the whole way that that's put together is quite nice, and I think and I think that yeah, I think that it's depicted sufficiently unpleasantly that I think <laughs> that it works.
0: Yeah, I, w- um, I mean I, I would agree with you. I mean if that's the intention, then it's absolutely successful.
1: Yeah, I, I, I personally I think that's what they're trying to do, Um but yeah, it's extremely uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> that is... Um, I thought that um, the montage that starts, I, when it was like 23 days to opening night, I was like, oh, presumably um, this is just going to come up periodically, maybe at like 5 or 10 minute intervals to let us know how no. many days it's like. taking. No, like, no, no, nope. no, immediately. Immediately. Like 23, 21, 17,
0: 9, <laughs> 3, 1. And, like, and you can... then you're at, like, you're at the day before it's opening, like, I'd say 40 minutes into at the final. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind
1: of assumed that that was going to be a framing device rather than a montage. Um, don't want to blow past the montage though, because the road to opening night has begun and very swiftly ends. But in the road to that, um, in the actual montage itself, a lot of really fun things going on in terms of just if you've got a keen eye for both horror and teen films.
0: Oh yeah, I mean there's, there's homages in there to Hellraiser, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Uh, yep. Um, also, a Mean Girls one in there.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, yeah,
1: I quite like the fact that it kind of casts the reference net quite far and wide with the two things that it's trying to mash up. Basically.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, and um, they're both sufficiently obvious without being like obscenely so, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that like um, and I think that there's more of these kind of crop up later on, and I think that they're all they're, they're all handled quite nicely. I think that like there's there's not really anything that's too overt with the possible exception of the carry thing, but again, that's supposed to be kinda of on the nose. Yeah. So didn't have a problem with that. that oh actually, no, no, yeah. no. One thing I did have <laughs> one thing I did have a problem with in this watch, and I'll hold my hands up to this, is that um and this I guess this isn't really a criticism, it's just the kind of songs that were like, you know what not so much the songs on the soundtrack, but the songs within the play. Right. Yeah. Or the play within the play kind of thing. I find that kind of theatre singing, that kind of very top of your range.
0: Fals- super like falsetto.
1: Yeah, kinda of very shrill yeah. thing. My threshold for that is quite
0: low. I'll tell you who's fucking terrible for that and this is Liz. Mm. Do not I cannot stand her singing voice. Uh, yeah. At all. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she got this leading role baffles me because I, I find her voice completely offensive. Sorry.
1: No, I mean, like, I, I, I agree. I think that it's, it's, um, it's frustrating. I always think that, like, um, I've had this with a load of films over the years, and it's, um, it's annoying when I love most things about a film about music, and the thing that I don't like in it is the music.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna say I, there's nothing. I'm sitting here right now, I'm thinking back to the songs, and I can't remember any of them.
1: Right, you remember we were here,
0: but I couldn't sing it.
1: Mm, couldn't okay. Sing, I
0: couldn't sing it. That's fair.
1: No, that's that's that that's reasonable. I think I I think that the songs are fun, but I think that they're more fun than they're catchy. Right. Okay. Uh, which is maybe a problem. I don't know. For musicals, yeah. maybe. So the the kind of casting couch stuff that we were talking about dovetails very early.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote this fucking cunt. Kill him now.
1: <laughs> and the film. Uh, and then
0: almost immediately, my uh, prayers were answered.
1: And um, the second in what I think is a universal truth in this film is that the death was extremely graphic and very enjoyable.
0: I had had a fairly good time with this death again.
1: I mean, it it helps for the fact that it's a really fucking reprehensible character that's getting killed. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think in terms of the actual innovation of the thing, um, I thought it was really good fun. However, I think also um, it's another one of when the film is trying to beat you to death with the idea that Joel was the killer.
0: Yeah, because the first thing that kind of attacks Artie are the lights falling from the falling from the gantry.
1: Yeah, and if you've already got a sneaking suspicion that the lights guy might be the killer. <laughs> 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 I'm
0: like, oh, yeah but like, I'm not entirely convinced by the mechanics of how this goes down, but I liked it nonetheless. So the lights all come cascading down from the ceiling, mm-hmm. and the clamp for one of them buries itself in Artie's foot
1: sufficiently to impale him to the to the stage. Yeah, he's, like, stuck,
0: he's rooted to the spot. Yes, that's right. Okay. I, I, I would say that,
1: that maybe is a leap. I'm I'm not willing to do the field work to find that out. But, but then
0: the the killer leaps out of nowhere, and uh, and, but in case we haven't mentioned the killer uh as a metalhead. Yes, and he sings in a very funny, high-pitched '80s hair metal style of falsetto.
1: Yes, I mean, I must say that I love everything about this. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so when, because this is the, like you've obviously you've seen little kind of uh, little allusions to him, and you've seen him cutting about in silhouette uh-huh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this is your first proper look at him, and sure. when you see him turning up and immediately screeching a metal falsetto, <laughs> shouting "Break a leg" and booting him sufficiently hard that the rest of his body moves, his foot is stuck to the ground, and. Uh, it's ripped off at the ankle. Sure, but <laughs> um, I thought it's like an incredibly satisfying entrance. <laughs> and also, like, a bit like you know how I always have a go at serial killers and films that have shit one liners. Yeah, the one liners in this are quite shit, and I completely give this one a pass for it.
0: Also, anytime time the killer appears on like anywhere in the film, his presence is heralded by an insane amount of metal guitar.
1: It's so funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's all like shredding and like chugga chugga riffs and double kick and stuff. I like, pick scrapes. I love it. It's just absolute nonsense. But yeah, um, he um, he does that. He kicks him and his foot gets ripped off. And then um, Artie kind of tries to grab for a box that is labeled swords. Yeah, and then he, uh,
0: he sees that box as his savior. Yeah. As, and uh, crawls his way over there to, to redeem a sword to put up some kind of fight for himself. Uh, fight for his life, and he is dragged away. The box lid slabs closed, cutting off his fingers. Yep. <laughs> and then he is kind of made to deep throat a light bulb.
1: Yeah, which is then uh, turned on and uh, burns the inside of his mouth sufficiently that it burns a hole in his cheek.
0: Gets electrocuted. Though. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah. ultimately what kills him. Yeah,
1: of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, um, yeah. Um, he, so Artie is dead, and I think that yeah, like I say, we've been watching him be such a reprehensible character for so long. It's so satisfying.
0: That's an immensely satisfying death. <laughs> Probably not so much for his parents.
1: <laughs> well, no. Um, we immediately see Joel straight afterwards. We we're like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what's happened. Artie has been yeah, found. You, th- you dropped lights on a guy and pieces in the him. hall. And at, the, and at this point, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I man, honestly. Um, I mean, at this point, like I say, it's terrible that I'd forgotten who the killer was. But at this point, I was like I was 90-10 like uh, that it was him. Meatloaf's continuing to struggle,
0: sure, but
1: um, there is hope for him yet. It's a callback from Victor Brady, right? Who says that he's going to be coming. That's good. He's going to come to the side. But the but kind of the clincher is that kind of Victor says, "Oh." I'm of the opinion that if Kylie Swanson hadn't been murdered then this would have been the making of her so I hope you've got a good Sophia so Meatloaf can't resist this obviously Sure. and it's like oh no the lead's going to be her daughter oh,
0: daughter. oh that's a, that's an attractive proposition
1: exactly and I mean uh, but just before this and we kind of burned by it because it's <laughs> it's about the only scene in the film that isn't like an event but we have Camilla uh, K- uh, and Buddy have a conversation they kind of resolve to leave the camp and that's what she's actually come to tell him Yeah. when uh, he says that she's going to be the leading lady first waits her to stay at least for this one night the kids are understandably in a state of some distress here. Um, they're, they're, um, they're trying to, they're all trying to go home and stuff like that. Meatloaf at this point gives a rousing speech in the form of a song.
0: Because, because sure he he's meatloaf. Here, have you ever seen that the, the uh, meatloaf was on some uh, reality show in America? Okay, know, uh, Gary Busey was on it as well. <laughs> you, know, you find us on YouTube, but um, some, I, I think they were like, it was like an, a celebrity art thing or something. Okay. Um. And uh, there's an amazing bit of footage online where uh Meatloaf verbally attacks Gary Busey, accusing him of stealing his paints Seriously. Yeah. Amazing. He's like You don't fuck with me. You don't touch my paints Incredible.
1: When is he there? Final. Um. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> Sorry, that was a, a little aside. That's all right.
1: Um. Yeah, so dark side so, of Meatloaf. Uh, so Meatloaf sings a full version of the song "The Show Must Carry On." Which is in response to, uh, he tries to just kind of like get everybody like kind of rallied to get up and kind of get the show done and stuff. And I think it's really funny when the wee girl is like, Isn't it wrong to sing and dance when somebody just died?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> then
1: he basically has to kind of pull the this, like, so this like rousing explanation out of his arse about the fact that <laughs> uh, musical theatre is an important escape from the difficult parts of life, which basically is kind of like an extremely kind of irresponsible maneuver because he's basically putting his financial stability over the safety of all these kids because he has no idea the circumstances no under which that killer got in there, if we're still around, anything like that. So he doesn't care,
0: Mitch. He doesn't care. This is all about the Miller.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's it's all it's entirely self preservation. Yeah, but, but uh, it's wrapped up in a very it's a, in a very rousing package.
0: It is, yeah, intercut with more uh kind of metal from uh killer.
1: Yeah, Opera Ghost. Oh,
0: sorry, um, sorry, Opera I Ghost. I am then. I
1: really like this actually. Like um I really like the fact that the first half is kind of really rousing, and then the second half is obviously the the shut your fucking face, your musicals are full of shit thing. Um but when but they end up kind of mashing the two up in a way that I think is kind of cool. Are I, you a fan
0: of musical theatre? I or musical cinema? Yeah. I oh. would say I would
1: say at this point, I would this point I can say that I am. I would say that I like more than I dislike of the stuff that I've seen.
0: What are your favourite musicals that you've seen? Uh,
1: Anna in the Apocalypse.
0: Jesus, um,
1: and uh, I like Limas a lot. Limas, yes, I have okay. I've seen it on the stage twice.
0: Oh, well, get you. Ah. Yeah, ah. And,
1: uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen very. Much. I've seen Hamilton.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, said fact, it was extraordinary. Hamilton
1: is uh, well. This is a complete tangent, but yeah, I saw Hamilton in London last year, and it's literally one of the best pieces of entertainment, or pop culture, or whatever it is that I've ever seen in any form. It's Absolutely unbelievable.
0: Well, if you've ever seen the massive tattoo on my leg, you'll know that I love the Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> I thought
1: you were going to say, if you've ever seen the tattoo on my leg of Alexander Hamilton, you'll know that I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the Rocky Horror Show, cool. I yes, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'm among
0: s- among many many others. But,
1: uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ah, I
0: haven't seen it. That's okay.
1: Yep, I mean, I don't, think, I don't, I don't think I need to whisper about that anymore. I don't think anyone's surprised. Also, you
0: did seen. whisper into a microphone. So That's true. It, it was captured, <laughs> <It's So>. immortalized.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, the film clatters at a hundred miles an hour into opening night. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, yeah, but at opening night, with about? I think at this point there's about 35 minutes left. In, in fairness, no. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's at the 45, 50 minute mark of the
1: film. And I genuinely feel like I've been watching it for 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can say a lot of things about this film. um, But what I will not say is that it doesn't move at a reasonable clip. No. Uh, it, it's good spy.
1: There's very little fat. Sure, yeah. There. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, pretty lean storytelling. Um, I quite like the fact that like the score is super theatrical, very musical-y.
0: Well, you, like a thing.
1: Yeah, but uh, like um, I think that it gets like, into, like it's obviously it's like super feverish before opening night and stuff. Joel has been out of the picture for a little while at this point. Um, yeah, he's, he's
0: actually missing at this point in the film.
1: Yes, that's right. He's he no like, one he, can
0: find him further stalking the flames that he might in fact be our killer.
1: Yeah, at, at this point I think that like my Joel suspicion level was such that I was like right either <laughs> This is exceptionally dumb and telegraphable, or this has been misdirected so heavily that it also like I don't really feel like either sat either outcome was satisfactory <laughs> because like um, because it, it it seeds it so hard that you're like I probably not
0: <laughs> so
1: if, so if he had been the killer you'd be like well obviously. But then, when he wasn't, you're just like, "Well, you tried a bit harder. You'd like tried a bit too hard with it." I think, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm willing to make that concession. I think that Joel was framed so suspiciously the entire time, and it is very silly. <laughs> and he um, to stop. Um, he's trying to stop Kimala from performing. Yeah, <laughs> because there's the killer at the camp. Which, to be fair, like I was kind of like, "Oh, that's really suspicious." But telling her not to perform because there is a killer on the loose is actually pretty even-handed of him when you think about it
0: fine yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: pretty good advice um, also the janitor shows up they say they're the gardener He yeah uh, just
0: being creepy again
1: yeah just uh, presumably just to reseed in our minds that there are multiple possible suspects well
0: two <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's plenty. laughs> yeah I think that's fair
1: um, but the show begins like you say I think that even in the short few years since this film has come out there are some eyebrow raising moments well the, the,
0: f- the show opens with ding 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 and yes. I was like, oh, oh okay.
1: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, cultural appropriation abounds. Uh. Uh, yes,
1: yeah, so I would say that it's the central theme of the third act of this film.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, so I mean, like, <laughs> I don't want to dwell on that for too long, but I also feel like it shouldn't go unmentioned. Because it's pretty gratuitous. It's, uh,
0: I think it's important.
1: Victor Brady himself
0: has, uh, has shown up. The man, the myth, the legend, he's there front and centre, front row. Uh, uh yes. i am um, we'll be pretty bold if I'm honest. Uh
1: yes. So the show kind of unfolds, at least for the first act or two of it, um, to a fairly unimpressed and impassive looking Victor Brady. <laughs> um Backstage, we're getting a set up for a Carrie moment. Uh, it kind of, it looks like it's the killer that's doing this. Opera Ghost. It's actually Liz. Yeah. Of course, yeah, at this yeah. point, in Liz...
0: A, in a bucket with red paint.
1: Yeah. Um. And uh, yep, And kind of uh, raising it up to above the stage. So a uh, very Carrie-esque. Also, at this point, like say, um, you from the perspective, it looks like it's Opera Ghost. It's Liz. At this point, it's not off the table that Liz is the killer.
0: <laughs> no. 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 No.
1: Um. But just no, I didn't. <laughs> just didn't really occur to me. Until Could right quite now.
0: easily be her because she's a dick.
1: Um. Yeah, that is true. So uh, that Hellraiser homage that you mentioned earlier is followed through quite nicely here. I think.
0: Yeah, we get to see uh, that carried through in real life, uh, and the costume designer woman who uh, I found myself quite drawn to actually. Yeah. Uh, certain she, allure. Uh, has numerous pins hammered into her face. We yeah. Actually, sadly, we don't see that happen. That's an off-screen death. It
1: is. It is a good. Piece of imagery though, because yeah, it's so it's Sam here uh, who I haven't really mentioned that much so far, but um, Sam's kind of like the uh, I would say the most prominent of the male camp kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and, and speaking of camp, uh, this is a character who's it great. it goes to great lengths to continue to bat away the theory, the growing theory that he may in fact be gay. Yeah,
1: the theory that's supposed by no one but him. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I actually, that's, I think that's a funny joke that it goes back to a couple of times actually. But uh, but David killed here, and again, it's just it's he's it's uh, it's a pretty it's 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 a pretty run of the mill death. He's stabbed. Yeah. Uh, and just left to die. But, um, one, but of the, one
0: of the weaker ones.
1: Yeah, I but I think that it kind of salvages it just because you get that kind of uh you get the uh, the pinhead visual just before it, which I think is quite looks pretty nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, no problem with it. But Sam then obviously uh, misses his cue on account of being <laughs> oh, dead.
0: Well, yeah, that'll happen.
1: Yep, it's <laughs> uh, one of the many inconveniences. <laughs> so there's some kind of fairly awkward ad libbing going on. Um, I I'm really like
0: that I like that they're like fuck the show must go on so like everyone just kind of mucks in to keep things ticking along no matter how shite it might be uh, I was going to say I mean
1: like everyone everyone mucks in literally everything they try is nonsense but it is funny
0: and, and I think it's fair to say that at this point Victor Brady's attention is
1: flagging oh yeah it's on the way in, very much on the way in. much more interesting stuff going on backstage they are dropping like flies an extremely annoying vocal coach is killed um,
0: <laughs> I quite like that uh, character yeah
1: um, uh, she is uh, doing a very infuriating vo- uh, vocal warm up when she is uh, scalded with a shower and then has her throat cut.
0: Yeah, she. I like that she kind of just bustles around Camilla earlier, like drink honey, drink honey, drink. Don't drink that. Don't drink that. Yeah. Take this. Take that. Like spray this in your throat.
1: Um, also, uh, just uh, like considering that she was, yeah, she was doing all the vocal exercises and stuff like that. Quite like, how's this for warming up as a one liner? <laughs> Probably the best of a bad bunch there, I would say.
0: Sure. <laughs> Far more successfully done than Freddy. Uh,
1: yes, agreed. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Killer's hotfooting it around the camp at this point. Knocks Meatloaf out, drags him back to the kitchen. At this point, the killer gets... Can't it be easy. <laughs> the uh, killer gets his own song here. I am delighted by this. It's one of my favourite moments in the film.
0: Yeah, I quite liked it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nonsense. Uh, he, he sings um, a kind of heavy metal song about... Hating musicals and all that kind of thing. Uh, the certainly the first half of it, before it goes into the proper like kind of chug part of it, uh, kind of reminds me of like solo Ozzy Osbourne.
0: Oh right, okay.
1: I think like slightly involved. That's a song that he sings but, in the kitchen. Yeah,
0: right, okay. When he pulls out a guitar from nowhere and Pl- proceeds to rip out an an incredible solo. Yes, right, uh, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I see, just the whole thing. I think at this point, like, I think that this film is at its best. When it is doing everything in its power to embrace its more ridiculous elements, and um, I think that this is kind of the film being absolute peak nonsense.
0: Yeah, I like that the lyrics to the song at one point. Are
1: yeah, he does that quite a lot <laughs> when he's just like storming around the kitchen singing along with the road, It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I just I, I, I think that this actually like as for anyone that hasn't seen the film, to and is talking about it. From the point in this film where the play starts, it's absolute fucking chaos. Um, Like in terms of people are dropping like flies. What is like they're getting murdered really graphically and very very close together. Um, What's going on out front is absolute nonsense as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's really really feverish, and I think that like um, a lot of things like this tend to sag a little bit in the third act. And I think that because the pace is so breathless, I don't really feel like this film does flag that much.
0: No, 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 I, I, I don't think it does. I know we've talked a lot about the first kind of 30, 40 minutes flying by, but like I think the rest of the film, we, we started and stopped at a fair amount, but I still felt like it flew by. Yeah,
1: so Meatloaf's knocked out, well, he was knocked out in the kitchen, he's now tied to a chair. Camilla comes in, confronts the killer, and the killer's identity is revealed.
0: Yeah, it's Buddy. Buddy the brother, brother Buddy.
1: Brother Buddy. So, not Joel. No, at which point no, Joel, Joel's off the hook but like I say at this point I wasn't like oh my god it's not Joel I was just like huh hmm, guess not um, but yeah buddy who I hadn't suspected to be honest
0: I uh, had an inkling uh,
1: your um, wife Jackie got it spot on she saw approximately I would say about 7 minutes total of the film
0: uh, quite clearly hated it having a
1: horrible time yeah um, <laughs> uh, but immediately just came in and was like I don't like the look of that guy yeah <laughs> Um, and she was quite right, and a uh, little bit of explanation there. Uh, he didn't want her to get involved. He didn't want Camilla to get involved in the acting or theatre world, which yeah. she sees to be sure. kind of like sure. a corrupt or seedy or uh, something. It's um, all of those
0: things, Noah.
1: Well, <laughs> and uh, he also reveals that uh, Meatloaf killed their mum. Yeah, and he in he a jealous rage.
0: She witnessed the whole thing.
1: Yeah, which um is. It's an interesting thing you keep to yourself all this time,
0: <laughs> yeah, especially when you live in the house with the guy.
1: Yeah, like, like in fact, you know what? <laughs> and I work for him,
0: and <laughs> that, uh, it hadn't
1: occurred to me that what like, sort of logic for that was until right this minute. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see why he wasn't a suspect. It's because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> not all unexpected uh, twists are good twists.
0: No, no, they are not. So. But
1: for better or worse, Buddy is our killer. Um he is, yeah. Uh, a struggle ensues here. I think the struggle is really funny. Loads of people get hit in the heads with frying pans. It's probably not played for laughs, but people. Oh, Camilla gets it like
0: knocked out with a frying pan. Less yeah. funny. <laughs> Bong. <laughs>
1: um, but uh, eventually, Meatloaf kills Buddy here as well in um, what I think is like a reasonably well put together confrontation. Yeah, uh, which I mean they've they it for quite a for quite a while. Uses a lot of kind of uh, uses a lot of kitchen utensils in fairly inventive ways. Sure. Uh, pretty fun stuff. But of course, his secret's out now. So Meatloaf, Meatloaf kills Buddy. And uh, now, in a kind of uh, all loose ends must be tied off kind of way, now goes after Camilla.
0: Does he though? Does he? Because he, he, he keeps saying something about how he wants to. Like he keeps whispering stuff to her about how he wants to. Like I'd never heard the star Broadway star and all, all, that, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Is he wanting to kill her here? Or?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's kind of unclear. But um, <laughs> but uh, what is what is fair enough is that Camilla wants no more to do with him, which she can understand under oh, the well, circumstances. I, I
0: mean,
1: I. Um, She tries to kill him with a circular saw during the struggle. Um, which does not immediately work out, and does because Joel, who we have been unfairly labeling as a prime suspect this entire time, uh, comes back from whatever the fuck he's been for the last little while, um, long enough to uh, grab the cable and charge up the circular saw so, so she can kill Meatloaf
0: So he is actually involved in a murder, quite clearly, um, <laughs> and quite intrinsically.
1: Yeah, I was about to call him. I was about to call him one of the heroes of the piece, but he is also an accomplice to murder. I mean, you're not. You're not wrong. <laughs>
0: You could tell. You could tell the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I think. The mother's eyes. <laughs> Hilariously, here, the bucket of blood uh, falls on Liz. Yeah, Liz
1: gets hoisted by her own carry Petard here. Enjoy yeah, that a lot.
0: The trickster becomes the tricky.
1: <laughs> um, yep, yeah, and uh, she, she in fairness, give her due, She tries to keep the production afloat as well. <laughs> um, by uh, singing while covered in uh, red paint and things. I
0: also like that you get a little glimpse uh, of Artie's body just discarded in the bin.
1: Yeah, I love the <laughs> fact that they found his body um, and still didn't bury it.
0: No, no, Meat must have dragged it away or something and just just launched it in it, launched it in it. Just tossed it out with like like so much recycling.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. So Camilla stumbles back on the stage, blood soaked, um, kabuki makeup uh, skewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
0: Wild eyed. She also seems to have uh, large bits of grass sticking out of her costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this 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 struggle has
1: taken her to a variety of locations.
0: She looks a mess.
1: Yes. To be quite honest um, with you. So she, but she stumbles back onto the stage, uh, like I say, blood-soaked and harassed, and everyone erupts in applause, mistaking it for the end of the show. Now,
0: it's also something about this look that wins over Victor Brady. <laughs>
1: yeah also true. That's she's fair like,
0: oh, I like what she's putting out there, but um,
1: everyone erupts in applause here, like you say spearheaded by um the unfairly labeled creepy janitor. but I also think that while the ending was probably quite cool, I still don't know if I was just watching that objectively. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have gone to the end and been like the ending was cool, therefore everything that had happened before this was forgivable and the show was amazing. I I don't think I would have maybe launched into the standing ovation quite as enthusiastically as some people did. I think
0: it's unfair that Camilla gets elevated to Broadway status based on the fact that she's on the stage for
1: two minutes. (laughs) She's certainly, well, I mean obviously we don't see the whole thing, but I would say that she's certainly missing from the play for a very long time.
0: (laughs) The majority of the
1: play. Yeah, like she's gone for quite a long time. I mean for a good reason, but like um, this is not not the best uh, proving ground. Yeah,
0: she's watching everyone she loves die.
1: Yeah, which is Kind of which is kind of the definition of otherwise engaged, really. <laughs> but yeah, we flash forward at this point to an undetermined point in the future.
0: I think it's said a year later.
1: It's a year. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. very determined. Push one, uh,
0: one of the, there's like a red carpet interviewer guy who mentions the fact that we're a year a year after the massacre. Ah, the, I the, see. The, the, the camp. Right,
1: okay. At this point, Uh, It would appear that, no, I'm not sure what Victor Brady's relationship is to Camilla here. Because I'm thinking, I was thinking agent, um, again, or kind of, yeah, like representative of some kind, manager, something like that. But uh, when you see them in the dressing room, very familiar. Over familiar.
0: Over familiar, yeah. Um, Are they fucking...
1: I don't know. I think that mm, there's an age appropriateness question there.
0: Like so many, like so many great relationships.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Um, But she's the star. She's Sophia on Broadway.
0: On Broadway, she has uh, fulfilled her dreams, followed pretty closely in the footsteps of her mother.
1: Uh, Yeah, and uh, it looks like it's going to be really closely for a sec because we see uh, Opera Ghost lunge out of the mirror and uh, grab her by the throat, but that is revealed to be a lampoon.
0: Quite like that, though. Um, because I was fully expecting something to happen, and so was she. Yeah, and I, I really like that it, it comes out through the middle. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite a cool moment. I think, think. Um, again, I, th-
1: I think that all the all the kind of violent or kind of jump scare moments in this are all pretty well done. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't think that there's any of them off the top of my head that don't land. But yeah, and I quite like the fact that you get your stinger ending, but obviously it's a hallucination, and then you just see her kind of sitting there, and she gets her call,
0: mm-hmm. and then we just end. So so stage fright didn't mind it. I kind of had a feeling when... A rare victory for you, I think, because um, I did not mind it. I had a feeling as we were watching it
1: that you were maybe warming up to it.
0: I thought it started out really strong Mm -hmm. and then it kind of flags in the middle a bit and then it picks itself back up quite well towards the end. That's probably true. I think it's well made. I think it's well directed. Big issue I have is that for a musical, I don't think the songs are particularly memorable.
1: Uh, I would say that that is uh, that's a fair comment. I mean, I I know the songs pretty well, but that's because I've seen the film a lot.
0: Yeah. What I would say is in a post-Anna and the Apocalypse world, yeah, where perhaps a horror musical has done quite well, yes, recently. And this film is largely overlooked. I think is fair to say. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that it's. Um, I certainly. I have never spoken to anyone. I don't think, apart from those people that watched it after I mentioned it and said that they didn't like it. I don't think that I've spoken to anyone who has seen it that didn't see it in the same room as I did.
0: Right. Okay. Um, um, well, I, I. I can. You can add me to that number. Yeah, I'm kind of um, hoping that there
1: will be a few more after this. I'm kind of hoping yeah. some people will seek it out because I think you. You kind of. You made a good point there. I mean, it's kind of similar to the point that we talked... When we had Louise Blaine on the show yeah. and we were talking about Dead Silence and we are saying that kind of like in a world or a modern horror scene where a creepy doll and mannequin films are riding very high in the saddle, mm-hmm. that um, we're well placed for a reevaluation of Dead Silence. Yeah, I think... And I think, think that, yeah, you've got a point. The same applies here. I
0: have heard... Very little good about this film, about stage five.
1: Um, no, it's got 36% on On Tomatoes. It's not a particularly well liked film.
0: No, and I think it's five point something on, uh, on IMDb. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I didn't hate it, I was quite entertained by it.
1: Could you see yourself watching it again?
0: I won't rush back to it, mm. if I'm honest. I just I think when I've heard when you hear so much bad about a film, mm-hmm. I went into this extremely trepidatious. Plus, it was one of your picks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so I went into it expecting the absolute worst, expecting something totally god awful, and I didn't really get something god awful. I got something that. <laughs>
1: You no, it was actually no. watchable. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. Let me let me finish. I didn't get something god awful. I got something that was actually all right. Yeah, um, it was pretty entertaining at points. Um, it had moments that I genuinely really liked. Uh, it had some clever moments. It had some nice homage moments to other films. But yeah, like I say, my biggest critique with it is that I didn't find the songs catchy, and I think that's kind of key in a musical. That's legitimate, yeah. Um, but if you were to ask me right now, would I suggest people watched it, or would I suggest that people who watched it previously and didn't like it took another look, then I would say yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah.
1: I will Check more than take that. Yeah, happy with that.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, in a, in a post-Anon Apocalypse world, I would say if you liked on the Apocalypse This a watch,
1: and I mean it's it's for as much as for as underseen as it is, it's pretty accessible. You can get it in most of the usual places.
0: Yeah, I rented it on Amazon.
1: Yeah, like uh, it's it's in all those kind of places. Um, so yeah, get on it, check it out.
0: There you go. And I suppose that's it for this one. Yeah. Um, episode fifty nine. This episode is out while I am out of the country.
1: Uh, uh, I I I am around.
0: <laughs> um, but, um, so uh, if, uh, as everyone knows, I'm terribly afraid of flying. So uh, if I don't make it back, then this episode, I suppose, will be my Epideth. my yeah my epitaph my, my my legacy. You're gonna be fine. Oh, fuck's sake, you're gonna be
1: okay. <laughs> However, if you'd like to get in touch with this whether it be comments on stage fright, anything else we've talked about today, or if you just want to send Annie's Andy some comforting words. <laughs> Uh, and you can do that through all the usual channels Facebook and Instagram
0: get your yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly no Facebook and Instagram we are Strong Language Violent Scenes you can tweet us as well at Strong PC or email longer considerations to Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com almost forgot the email address just yeah, there yeah I clocked that
0: uh, <laughs> and you can listen to us at a myriad of places but why not try Spotify iTunes or our home or base if you like yep at Podbean
1: good people good yeah, people doing good work we're, ba- we're back on Monday though with another mini-sode of course uh, all the usual stuff on there join us then if you can
0: if I can
1: we're hopefully back on Monday with another <laughs> mini-sode uh, join us for that if it happens and if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye cheerio